This is the Canadian Society of Cinematographers podcast. Join us as Canada's cinematographers discuss the tools and techniques they use in shaping the aesthetics of their current projects. This podcast features director of photography D. Gregor Hagee's CSC in conversation with Carolyn Wong of the CSC Executive about his work on season one of the TV series Beauty and the Beast, which aired on the CW. Principal photography took place in Toronto between July 27, 2012 and April 18, 2013. This interview was recorded on January 13, 2013. So, um, what's the current project you're working on right now? I'm working on a TV show called Beauty and the Beast, which is uh, based on the CBS series from the 80s. It was uh, 87 to 90, I think, with Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. It's just a reimagining of that series. Okay, and, and you're shooting where? Uh, we shoot in Toronto. We have a stage out in Etobicoke, and our locations are generally downtown Toronto. The show takes place in New York, so... What year? Like, present day? It's, it's current day, yeah. It's a detective show. This show now, The Beauty, is a... Christian Kruk is the the beauty, I suppose, and uh, she's a detective. So, um, now, the, the visual aesthetics for it, like, what... Um, how did you approach that? Did you meet with the directors or the producers? Like, can you tell me a little bit about when you first got on the project? Well, uh, there's a pilot shot. Did you do the pilot? I didn't work on the pilot, no. The pilot was done by, uh, directed by Gary Fletter and shot by uh, Theo Vandersand. They do a lot of pilots together and features. So that was kind of the starting point, you know, to give us a direction of the visual uh, approach. The producer that kind of, that came up to supervise, Rick Boda, you know, took that and some other references, um, Paul Cameron's work with Tony Scott was used as a reference, okay. like movies like Man on Fire. So there were additional references that we looked at, and uh, then you know you just kind of take you right. know what was done in the pilot and what what right. additional material you're shown. And, right. So the pilot was kind of like the template, and then you sort of embellish that with a yeah. We we kind of took the best of that and and went on from there basically. Is that that's a look for the whole series or? Yeah, so basically the, the what, you know, it's kind of a saturated uh, colors, nice contrast, beauty lighting, it's not, it's not gritty. Okay. Um, it's, it's very much, uh, it's not, it's not stylized to the point where it looks artificial, but it's, uh, it's, it's not a, a gritty, shaky cop show. So it changes for like certain sequences. Like, is there some fantasy in there? Or, or well, basically, there's two parts to the show. There's the uh, procedural part, the police procedural part, where there's crime to solve every week. Every week, and then there's the uh, you know, the romance or the kind of the mythic story between uh, Vincent Keller, who is the Beast, and then Catherine or Cat is the the beauty, the police ah, detective, okay. and so okay. he saves her life in the pilot and they keep crossing paths and so they keep coming closer and closer together and then something kind of pushes them apart romantically and, and so as well there's a secret agency that's after Vincent Keller trying to kill him so there's uh, this kind of this intrigue 
well, going like on behind the scenes. Yeah, episode to episode, there's this kind of conspiracy intrigue. So there's sort of two narratives, kind them. of two narratives going. Yeah, there's always the one kind of crime that they solve every week, and then there's what's happening between uh, Vincent and Cat, and then this secret that it's called Mirrorfield. It's a secret agency that comes in and out every few episodes. They're trying to track down Vincent oh. and kill him, okay. well, capture him and kill him. There seems like there's two distinct sort of um, uh, elements to it. So how, visually, like, is the procedural? Do you do a different approach to the procedural in the in the cop drama to the romance beast stuff? Uh, well, yes, it's kind of uh, th there are some different looks, and they're kind of based on the locations. There's the police precinct. It has certain colors that we use, and then there's Cat's apartment, which has a slightly different palette, and then there's Vincent's. Uh, he hides out in this warehouse and that has a different color palette and when uh, Exterior work is treated a bit differently as well when it's you know the procedural stuff It's usually a little bit on the cooler side. So it's more the color But certainly the, the quality and style of the lighting is very very soft and sidey uh, Very you know as large of a key light source as you can get it's just you know everyone looks good on the show everyone wears nice clothing you know nice hair they're very photogenic and so we just you know with the lighting we just embellish that as much as possible right. and the set decorating is is uh yeah the sets i mean the the sets look really great uh you know we, we have some big sets and it's a very very modern contemporary look so in the studio did you um have a lot of um pre-lighting like was that all is that stay up uh, yeah, a lot of the sets are, the, all our big sets are pre-lit and, you know, we light from the floor as much as we can, but there's such stuff that's preset right. that we, <clears throat> you know, sort of start from scratch. The, the main thing that you, we have pre-lit is, uh, translates for the windows. A lot of windows, a lot of translates. So. Right. You have your day and your night. <clears throat> day and night. Yeah, and, and yeah. Your lighting approach is, is it, you like to light from below, but you're saying, is it more realistic or sort of? Well, we light from the floor mostly just to make it as flattering as possible. Uh, okay. Our approach is just to make the lighting as beautiful and flattering as possible. Of course, it's based in a reality. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not like we do things that don't fit with the location or the set. <clears throat> you um, know, it has to be kind of grounded in some kind of reality. Right, so your lensing and your framing, that's a similar approach. Yeah, the, the lensing is telephoto as much as we can. We've uh, experimented a bit with wider, wide-angle lenses and whatnot, but it just didn't doesn't really work for the show usually. So mm -hmm. it's definitely more of a telephoto kind of a show. Now, establishing like that long, going for a longer lens is that something that you're going to be do, that's much more sort of producer established? But do you have different directors, or is it the same director? Uh, we've had some repeat directors, but it's different, and um, certainly there's uh, a, a lot of visual notes from the producers. And uh, uh, Rick Boda was, or is, our, you know, he kind of came in with the eye on the producing side and helped. Uh, he, he was a cinematographer for many, many years and then a director and then a producer. So uh, he's very much, you know, involved in the visual aesthetic right. and with notes and ideas. And then you're there to, you know... Well, I mean, then you have to interpret, too. we have to yeah. interpret everything and, <laughs> and uh, make everyone happy and obviously you know, you're under the gun every day and you want to be doing overtime, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, you want to spend as much time as you can to make the shot and the actors look as great as they can look. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I should, I should 
kind of qualify when I say, you know, we're trying to make the actors look as good as possible. Still very much a dramatic show. There's still lots of shadow in it, um, you know, in this world. It's lots of shadow. Technical. So what are you shooting it on? We shoot on the Alexa. Uh, for the first uh, nine or ten, I think it was the ten, first ten episodes, we had a, an epic as well. Um, just we wanted another camera for really high speed shooting and small form factor. Uh, but what we found over time was we weren't really shooting a lot of high speed, like really anything beyond what we needed on the Alexa. And, you know, we just didn't need the small form factor of the camera. So we just kind of went to three Alexas during episode ten and... It's, it's done, you know, we've done well by it. So you're shooting multi-cameras then? Yes, we also have a 7D that we use for, uh, you know, where we do need a small camera, a security camera or something, we use a 7D as well. It's worked out well. So is every is every um, episode you're using the three cameras quite actively? Uh, well, it's, it's a two-camera shoot. Okay, so it's and always a two-camera shoot. It's always two cameras and typically 80 to 90% of, probably 90% of our setups have two cameras rolling. And probably two days out of our eight-day schedule, I think there's a C camera that comes in, and that'll be for specific scenes. It's usually not all day; it just depends. Big, you know, there's big scenes with lots of background and yeah. whatnot. You need that third camera to cover your angles. Yeah. And so, who's your team? Our team uh, currently uh, on uh, A camera is Dave Sheridan, is our operator, and B camera is Ono Vida, and our gaffer is Fast Eddie, and our key grip is Jesse Stanley. And who is your focus puller? Uh, currently, uh, uh, A camera focus puller is Mike Carr, and Andrew Hunter is on B camera. What's um, your basic sort of lighting and grip package? Like, where are you guys getting this stuff from? Tell me. Uh, we get our lighting and grip package from Will Enough Whites. And uh, our, our truck package has two 18s, two 6s. I think it's actually three 6s and two 4s. There's a big HMI package, and then there's a, a fairly extensive Kino Flow package with flathead 80s and you know, long 4s. And then it's your typical tungsten package. 10k Fresnels, you know, 5k's, 2k's, all the way down. What uh, one of the main tools I use is uh, I usually use blondes bounced into uh, four by eight floppy muz muslins. It's just they're just like a real fast way to I can build. I call it a muz wall. So I just will bring in instead of bringing in like a, a 12 by muslin, unbleached muslin, or an eight or two eight bys or something. I can just bring in like four or five. I can expand my my source and contract it as needed depending on the location and the shot. So I, I find it just really flexible to bring in four by four floppy unbleached mice. Right. As a key? As our key source, key. yeah. <clears throat> and depending on space, it's either we pu push blondes into them as a bounce, or I'll have an array of blondes behind them, you know, blondes with one, two, nine frames and then the unbleached muzz. And that, it just depends on space and what we want to do. Do you have a, are you doing much like night shooting where you got to empty the truck out or? Uh, we have emptied the truck, <laughs> but not normally for night shoots. Uh, night shoots, because we have the two 18s, um, we, we always try to have HMI with Cyan 60 as our edge light for all of our urban shooting. That's kind of the Cyan kind of look. And that's um, our kind of our standard backlight for urban uh, night exteriors. And then our key lighting is tungsten into unbleached muzz so it warms up 
-hmm. to around 2700 Kelvin or 28 even. Here's a question. Are you, are you pulling out your meter much? I use my meter um, still, strangely enough. I don't know. Uh, I, I just find it helps me think better on set and I don't have to go back to that. I'll just rough everything in with my meter and I kind of know. I can set my key light very accurately with it, but I do find that the fill levels and the backlight levels are definitely something that's better set by eye with the monitor. So we just kind of like rough them in and then go to the monitor, check it, scrim things down as needed to, or well, that's interesting. Or, or pull wires, you know. But um, uh, so what would you? What are you setting your rating at for your meter? I like actually you... rate. We shoot at 800 ISO, but mm -hmm. I rate the Alexa at 1600 ISO. And so you use your meter at your meters at 800. No, my meter's no, at 1600, 1600. but the camera's set to 800. Yeah. That's interesting. So we'll shoot 800, except in day exterior, we go down to 400, and for visual effects, we go to 400 as well, just to make it a bit cleaner. And are you doing? You said you weren't doing too much high speed, but um, the high speed you are shooting, what is the frame rate? Well, we can go to a 120 on the Alexa, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, we're uh, a magnetic ballast show, so when we do high speed, we've got to stick to, you know, 30, 40, 60, or 120. 120 doesn't always work, though. Otherwise, you know, the special, there's special situations where we get square wave ballast for right for the HMIs. Uh, what about your grip? Like, uh, are you dolling much? Or well, we, now, uh, we have a hybrid for a camera. It's a pretty big dolly. It's, you know, it's a real stable platform to work on, really smooth uh, boom on it. Um, PUE for B camera, and we have the Ingenue, the 12 to 1 Ingenues, which is a 24 to 290. You know, it's like a, I think it's almost 30 pounds, yeah, the lens. It's I huge. It. I know it. I know yeah, it. Know it. <laughs> it's heavy. So it's like, it's like a big setup, and when we're in on stage in the, the bigger sets, it works really well. And it allows you to, you know, you can just put, move in on the lens. And, right, right. And it just gives you a lot of, it, it's fairly quick, like they're big, you know, it's a big tool to use, but if you have the room, it's a faster way to work as with multicam. Um, but when it comes to the smaller sets, we definitely go to primes and lightweight zooms and steady cam and handheld and, you know, it's just faster that way. Oh, so you're doing some handheld. We do do a little bit of handheld for, like that fight scene I showed you was handheld, you know, kind of the, the more obvious. You know, when you want more energy mm -hmm. and or and, and, and a different type of energy in the shot, definitely go to handheld. Oh, well, that's good at covering. So you're primarily sort of on the zooms, unless zooms, space nice, yes. determines otherwise. Typically, yeah, smooth cinematic shots. We don't go all jiggly, silly. You know, it's not yeah. that jiggly. But with the thing. ingenues, it's kind of more like a convenience <clears throat> thing, too. You can just... You know. They are very pragmatic. Yeah. Those yeah. 12 to 1, they're not... Uh, there's a lot of drawbacks, picture quality wise, to them, in my opinion, but it's. Honey, discernible. And you're giving our time. Yeah, stuff, giving yeah. our time. It's, it's, it's a good Well, it looks sharp. I, you know, I, I doubt if the majority of people could even see that. That's the yeah, difference no. once it's, it's broadcast. Yeah. So, but you, that probably indicates that you're probably moving pretty fast. So, what's your schedule for uh, how long is the episode? It's a, it's a one hour, it's a TV hour. We have eight days, and there's no uh, scheduled second unit. Uh, occasionally, there's a second unit or a splinter unit, but it's kind of an, on an as needed basis. But in general, we never have second unit. So, it's, uh, it's tight. And um, you, you might bank a few inserts that you'll get later, but typically that's written, you know, in put into the main unit schedule and B camera slinks off and gets them. And it's 12 hour days, they don't like to do any overtime. It's good for quality of life to try to stick to 12 hour days, but sometimes you have a very ambitious day and it's, it's very tough 
to uh, achieve everything within that 12 hours, but yeah. <clears throat> you do so the you best, do the you, best can. you can. Yeah. You do the best you can. So you start out the series being the sole DOP, and now you're alternating now? Yeah, we just started alternating on episode 9. David Green uh, was brought in uh, to alternate with me, which I thought was a great choice. I thought, I think his style is very compatible with what we were already doing on the show. And how long, when did you, yeah, when did you start and like, how long is it going to? It's uh, 21 episodes, so we started out with an order for 12 episodes and the order was extended to 21 episodes in the fall. So, so they had started airing them then, perhaps, and then they ordered more? Yeah, based, yeah, it was basically based on, I guess, how the response was. Wow, that's great. 21. <clears throat> so that'll be like one extended season or... Will it it's one like, season, yeah. yeah so it's fall and winter. So it's very, very tight because what we shoot now is going to be airing, you know, in the spring season. You know, the winter yeah. spring. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, very tight. Post is, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk, ask yeah, a few questions about post, like how, how much opportunity are you having, I mean you may have more opportunity now because you're alternating DPs, but what is, what is your involvement with the post-production and where is it being done? The uh, editorial is in LA, mm -hmm. but the conform and the uh, color correct is in Toronto Deluxe. So I've, uh, I've gone in when I have an opportunity to kind of spot things with the colorist, uh, Joanne Rourke is the colorist at Deluxe. And you know, she, occasionally she sends me stills as well, and so, you know, gen, fortunately we go back to a lot of standing sets, but there's always new things in the episode, and that stuff needs to be addressed, what approach to take with it. So now that I'm alternating, I, I do get a bit more opportunity to go in and sit a bit longer. That's but, great. But it, it's tough. I certainly haven't sat in on every episode, that's for sure. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so now, is there any, can you think of uh, any particular episodes or... or? you have a story from that's particularly challenging or anything? Um, An anecdote, something that was a great resolve that, you know... Well, I mean, I could talk a little bit about the uh, the car crash scene mm -hmm. that you took mm -hmm. a look at. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was a mix. Um, basically, the story is Kat's driving home from her father's wedding, and on the way home, the, uh, the suspect in the case she's working on has tailed her and uh, drives her off the road. Her car crashes. She... She gets this, the, the suspect gets out of the car and she shoots her. Cat pulls her gun in time and they, they both shoot each other and then mm -hmm. Vincent rescues her. And then the love triangles kind of collide. So this is a night, a this is a night shot, night shoot. Yeah, so it's a night shoot. So uh, we did Poor Man's Process in studio. We, uh, for the interior car. For the interior stuff. car driving. And that's Cat driving along and Evan later, later on kind of driving along. And then we had location work where we had an LRX and an 18K and a 6K and a lift, and then we had <clears throat> T12s, uh, a T12 on the, the ground into a, a 12 by 12 unbleached muslin as our key light source. So that, because you basically had to light, because it was, it was out in the country, sort of a country road. Yeah, it was so very it was, cold. So, and it was pitch dark. <clears throat> yeah, we were out uh, by the 401 in Scarborough. Mm -hmm. uh, in or, December? Or was it Pickering? I don't know, it was like Pickering-Scarborough <laughs> kind of area. It was. It was uh, it was uh, beginning of November maybe or something like that. It was quite cold though. It was just like a lot of logistics to coordinate. We were there for two nights because there's a beast transformation. <clears throat> Vincent was kind of tailing. He he has a tendency to kind of follow Cat from a distance to keep an eye on her, and so he shows up, transforms into the beast, and rips off 
you know, rips open the car and rescues her. Right. Uh, so when you're shooting regular Vincent, it's fine, but then Vincent is the beast, there's a big uh, makeup process. So you can't shoot them typically on the same day. So you have to really split that up and mm -hmm. when it's a night exterior you're moving around really big lights and so it's just a lot of coordination yeah. to figure out what what angles to shoot in what order and it's completely out of order from the story right yeah just due to the logistics and you know you just don't want to be flipping back and forth with these you know these cranes and well, that's it. scissor yeah, lifts yeah. and LRX it's, it's just too time consuming. So that scene had a you know a car flipping. Like how did that um, those stunts? How did that work out? So uh, she gets shot. And she loses control. And basically, what we had is a stunt person spin out the car, and then we shot a continued the shot. And VFX took over. They they modeled the car and then they rolled it. So that was actually a, a all special a 3D, effects. That was a three D CG of the rolling. So the oh. the fishtail up until the fishtail is real, and then CG takes over for the roll. And then what we did is we dropped a car with the actress in it for like the end thing. So you see like the car kind of land, and she shakes around in the car. And then and that's mixed in with poor man's process that we'd done like over a week prior. So it was right. You know, it's just like all these elements to to blend. For me, it's been, it's been a really fun show to work on because on the one hand, you know, you've got this, you know, you've got to do this really nice, uh, soft beauty lighting on the cast and make them, you know, look great, but it's still dramatic. There's still lots of contrast and shadow and, you know, it's just fun to be able to have, you know, not have to light everything up. It's great and, you know, it's, the cast is great to work with and it's just, it's just really, you know, really gets to, it's a really fun show to stretch, you know, your visual language with what you have to do. This has been the Canadian Society of Cinematographers podcast. The CSC is a non-profit organization that has been promoting the art and craft of cinematography in Canada since 1957. Find out more by logging on to the CSC.ca. Thank you for joining.